0: What's going on guys, welcome back to One Stop Shop, let's get right into this episode. We got a lot to talk about today, so let's start off with the Knicks picking up a victory last night at the Garden over the San Antonio Spurs. The Knicks are closing out the season on a high note. We need every game at this point to get the highest seed possible. Right now, it's just kind of a... tie for the last three spots in the Eastern Conference. I believe the Hawks have a half game on the Knicks right now, and the Miami Heat, they're in fourth, and the Knicks and Heat are tied for fifth, and the Knicks are currently in sixth. I mean, every game matters at this point, so we need the Heat to lose their next game and the Knicks need to win their next game. Every game matters at this point. And going into the playoffs, obviously it's going to be one of those kill or be killed type of scenarios. Like If we don't play the best basketball that the Knicks have been playing as of late and a better part of the season. If they don't show up, they're going to get eliminated without a doubt because there are other teams in the Eastern Conference that are much better than the Knicks. Not to say that we don't have a shot against most teams because we were able to beat some of the top teams throughout the season on a regular basis. And hopefully... We're able to get a solid matchup in the first round. Obviously, that's going to be determined after the playing tournament, which starts this weekend. Or next week, rather. The Knicks' next game is tomorrow again. Charlotte at the Garden. One o'clock start. Yeah, like I said, we need every game at this point. And last night, Julius Randle was named the Eastern Conference Player of the Month. They had William Wesley out there, Leon Rose. And the Knicks picked up the victory last night in front of a pretty big crowd at the Garden. 102-98 to 98 over the Spurs. Alec Burks, one of his best games of his career. 30 points last night in 34 minutes off the bench. 10 rebounds, 2 assists, 1 block. Derrick Rose didn't play last night because of an ankle injury, I believe. R.J. Barrett last night, 24 points in 41 minutes. 9 rebounds, 5 assists, 1 steal. Julius Randle, another solid game for him. 25 points. Nine rebounds, nine assists. One steal. Yeah, this was a pretty close game early on. And it was a game that the Knicks were getting smoked. They were losing by a lot at one point. And... They fought back and they ended up winning the game. And I was not expecting them to win this game after they weren't really shooting that well in the first half. And they were able to overcome adversity again and pick up the victory. 39 and 31 on this season, much better than anyone probably could have expected. Out of this franchise. Making the playoffs for the first time since 2012-2013. And this is just the beginning. No one even expected us to probably make the playoffs this year. The Knicks have that grit. Within. The whole franchise. That they can get it done. But enough with that. The Nets are finally starting to look like the team that they could have been without having so many injuries this season. Getting James Harden back is one of the main factors going forward for Brooklyn. And having Kevin Durant back, Kyrie Irving dealing with injuries. The Nets are going to be one of the top threats in the Eastern Conference I've said this so many times. I have the Nets winning the championship. I don't think that the Lakers are even going to make it past the playing games, unfortunately. And I'm a huge LeBron fan. So, unfortunately, the prediction that I had for the NBA Finals is not going to come true. I don't think so. Unless the Lakers win the playing tournament. Who knows? But that's that. J. Cole dropped his new project today, the off-season, and it kind of just added to the lineage of mixtapes type of vibe that he started off his career with, with the warm-up and Friday Night Lights and stuff like that. kind of got back to his roots a little bit and had a lot of meaningful features on this project. Usually, he doesn't have too many features at all, and they're kind of hidden features at the end of the day because it's not seen on the track list or anything. But it started off with a song called 95 South featuring Cameron and Lil Jon. And Cameron says, let's keep it tall, y'all. I ain't fucking with my man. And don't check your watch. You know the time. Killer Cam, New York legend, J. Cole obviously had multiple years in New York growing up at St. John's and stuff like that in New York City and Queens. So that's a pretty meaningful feature for J. Cole. And then he had a 21 Savage and Maury song called My Life, number three on the track list. 21 Savage has obviously been a frequent collaborator with J. Cole, making a lot. And they make good music together. And Maury is a up-and-coming artist out of Fayetteville, where J. Cole's from. So he's putting on for his city also. Then a song called Punching the Clock, featuring a soundbite of Damian Lillard after he dropped 61 points, which is pretty cool. Just adding to the basketball type vibe that we're known from seeing J. Cole use from time to time again. Pride is the Devil, featuring Lil Baby. It's just like a seamless transfer from J. Cole to little Baby in the song and has an insane beat. They really killed that shit. And then I read a little bit about this next song called Let Go My Hand featuring Boz and P. Diddy. And it says that there was a behind the scenes scuffle between P. Diddy and J. Cole back in the day after Kendrick Lamar. said some shit after Big Sean's diss or something, so, he said that P. Diddy was like his favorite artist, so he has P. Diddy on the song, and it's pretty big for him, he said, he said I bought his album when I was in the 7th grade, Uh, he must have really idolized P. Diddy, especially For him being a kid in the 90s and shit, so. That's that. Yeah, but overall, great album. I'll be bumping that shit all the time. When J. Cole always drops a new project, it's always big. He's always been an artist that I really have gravitated towards. I've seen him live before on the 4-Year Eyes Only tour. And been listening to his music for years now. Definitely in my top 10 favorite artists of all time. So that was definitely a good way to start off the day today. And then on a different note, I watched this new movie that was on HBO Max called Those Who Wish Me Dead. It's a new Angelina Jolie movie. And it's honestly a fucking crazy story. These assassins are going after this kid and Angelina Jolie tries to protect him. That's all I'm going to fucking say. <laughs> if you want to watch it, it's on HBO Max for, like, another month. So, definitely worth a watch. It's like a movie theater quality movie. HBO Max is really cool for doing shit like that because, like, you don't even have to leave your house now. You can literally just, like, connect it to your TV. and It'll fucking... Make a movie theater in your house real quick. Uh, Uh, Yeah, that was a pretty crazy movie. Very intense. The plot line held up and just a crazy concept. So, that's that. Tomorrow is UFC 262, headlined by Charles Oliveira and Michael Chandler fighting for the vacant lightweight championship in the main event. This is going to be a fight you do not want to miss. It's going to be a high-intensity fight from the beginning. I don't see this fight going past the first round, and I got Michael Chandler in this fight. And then in the co-main event, you got Tony Ferguson facing Benil Dariush. Dariush is looking to become a future title contender, and he's definitely getting older in his career, and so is Tony Ferguson, so this is a crucial fight for both of them. Win is very meaningful at this point for both guys, so that's going to be a very intense fight. I think I got Dariush in that fight, but Tony Ferguson could shock us. He is a savage, so... I don't know if I should be doubting Tony Ferguson, but this is just going to be a crazy fight. And then you got Matt Schnell facing Rogerio Bonturin, who missed weight. So 20% of the fight bonus goes to Matt Schnell now. That's just like a crazy thing. It's like, yeah, the weight cut's definitely hard. But, like, the penalties, like, that the fighters get if they are a couple pounds overweight, like, 20% of the paycheck, like, that could be a lot. Like, you don't know what these guys have going on in their fucking lives. Like, that sucks. And then you got Caitlin Chukagan facing Viviani Arugio. That's going to be a great fight in the women's flyweight division. Chukagian is the small favorite in this fight, minus 135. Arujo 115 as the underdog. And then you got Shane Burgos and Edson Barbosa fighting in the opener of the main card in the featherweight division. Barbosa, one of the better strikers and jiu-jitsu guys out of Brazil. Shane Burgos, the American kid. 13-2. 13-2. and two. And this is going to be a really solid fight to open up the main card. On the prelims, Jocaray Souza, a legend of the sport, facing Andre Munoz. That's a solid fight in the middleweight division. I want to see Jacare have a solid performance after getting knocked the hell out by Kevin Holland. Then a great fight, Lando Venata versus Mike Grundy in the featherweight division. This fight is not going to last too long. These guys are going to knock each other out. <laughs> and then Jordan Wright versus Jamie Pickett. This is going to be a solid fight. Two up-and-coming guys in the middleweight division. Jamie Pickett, Dan White, contender serious guy. Yeah, it's going to be a good fight. And then the first fight of the actual prelims, Antonina Shevchenko, the sister of Valentina Shevchenko, the champion, is facing Andrea Lee in the women's flyweight division. That's going to be a great fight. Shevchenko is a multi-time champion outside of the UFC in kickboxing and Muay Thai. She's a savage. Apparently she flies planes too. I saw some YouTube video. Crazy. These U- uh not these YouTubers. These UFC fighters are fucking crazy. Even outside of the cage, they do some crazy shit. Charles Oliveira apparently like rides like racing horses like for fun or something. And speaking of that. So, Bob Baffert, the, like, famous horse trainer, is like, known for making millions and millions of dollars off of champion horses and shit. His horses, well, one of the Medina's Spirit, it tested positive for, like, a banned substance, and, like, he was, like, being all, like, sus about it, and that's the horse that ended up winning the Kentucky Derby, And there's another race this weekend at the Preakness. And now the horse has to get drug tested, like, strictly before the next race because they don't want to see Bob Baffert get away with another victory that ultimately could be tainted and they could disqualify the horse and... Put an asterisk next to the horse's victory at the Kentucky Derby this year. That was some news that I heard today. And, yeah, I just thought that was kind of interesting to switch up the topics real quick. Other than that, not too much going on. Really just looking forward to getting on a vacation. I feel like I haven't done anything fun or (laughs) worth my while in a long time. I've kind of just taken it easy for over a year and trying to figure out what the hell I'm going to do with the rest of my life. I'm so young and I have the whole world for my taking. I feel like you could do anything in this life and I just get motivated to want to do different shit. Like, I feel like I can do anything I put my mind to. I've thought about doing stand-up comedy, fucking just like, I'm too stupid for that. But fucking like, (laughs) I feel like I've dabbled into different areas, either if it's making music or this podcast or just trying to be creative. I feel like I'm a creative person. I feel like it's going to take me into whatever direction I want to go. I want to work in sports, so hopefully I'm able to work in some marketing role down the line. And I'm just trying to figure it out day by day, you But, you know. This has been an episode of One Style Shop, And I'll see you guys next week. Peace out.